Welcome to Calvary Conversations. I'm Mike Dodds, and my guests today are our Calvary Conversation hosts, Sean LePage, Josh Paxton, Tim Hange. And we're continuing our discussion of George Urbana's research uh, that came out at the end of the year, a synopsis of everything they've done. It's entitled Barna's Top 10 Releases for 2021. Uh, We went last time with the first one of those. So if you look at their report, we talked about that last time. And and today we're going to talk about the number two and three. They're related together, specifically the state of the Bible and U.S. cities most committed to Bible reading and prayer. Well, let me put a context on our discussion today. At Calvary, our mission statement that we post at the bottom of every syllabus for every course, so the students all see them, it reads this way. Our mission is to prepare Christians to live and serve in the church and the world according to the biblical worldview. A number of years ago, we changed it from a biblical worldview. So why are we saying it that way? There is the biblical worldview because uh, the Bible's a required textbook here at Calvary. And the Bible is very important to us, and it should be to every Christian. And that's what that study dealt with. So let's uh, jump into the Barnes study. And um, it was done in conjunction with the American Bible Society. Let me read from the preface here. Here's a quote from Dave Kinneman, who's with Barnum. He says, we've learned so much through the years. First, most Christians love and revere the Bible, though there's a sizable and growing segment of adults who are skeptical of the Bible and its influence in society. As in so much of American life, it's the extremes who are defining what's the next, what, what's next when it comes to the Bible in America. However, the tussle between those who esteem the Bible and those who do not is contrasted by the massive group of Americans in the middle <laughs> who are mostly indifferent to the Bible. At best, they could be described as people who lightly like the Bible. At worst, they're impervious to the claims of Scripture, believing it to be irrelevant to their lives. Tim, start us out. How do you react to his observations there at the beginning? You've been in Russia, and I'm going to come back to that later to ask you about it. But uh, what do you think? Well, I think that's actually more my experiences in the U.S. that would inform this. Um, although I think this is true um, everywhere, uh, but I think right now it's very pronounced in the U.S. Um, you know, it's, it's very popular. You know, we live in a larger metropolis. You know, if you go to, you know, New York or, or L.A. Or, or other, you know, big cities, I think you'll find this sort of ethos even more and more. Uh, basically saying that, you know, the Bible is all well and good, but really it's out of step for the most part with culture and with modern culture and and. And for that reason, you know, we we kind of have a take and leave approach to it. Uh, the, the thing, though, that we have to remember is that um, the Bible has always been out of step with modern culture. It has always been a countercultural message. Um, and it always will be. And so you always will have this group of people that will um, that will either decry it or de, de, um, devalue it um, uh, because of that, because because of its perception of being out of step with modern culture. Uh, and I think I think that that's that that is an I think we have to recognize that. And I think to get the richness out of out of what God's word says, you have to understand, or we have to understand that uh, as a culture, that we are being programmed as every culture is 
in a way that is very different from what the Word of God uh, would would uh, how the Word of God would inform us. And um, you know, it's I'll, I'll I'll end my little comment with this. Uh, I, I find it uh, funny. You know, I I I know what the article means by the state of the Bible, but uh, you know, the state of the Bible, um, as I uh, understand it, is that it is. Um, active and living and sharper than any double-edged sword, <laughs> uh, piercing and dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judging the thoughts and attitudes of the heart, and it, through it, nothing in creation is hidden from God's sight. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the state of the, the Bible itself uh, is not, is not a, um, the Bible itself is not at stake in terms of its power and what it, what it does. Um, it's, it's, it's really the state of our reception in the Bible. Yeah. That's the problem. So. John, Josh, comment. you know, one of the one of the things that immediately popped into my head, Mike, as you were reading that quote and the, uh, you know, the the folks that are in the middle where it's just, you know, we really don't consider it at all. It's a thing that exists or whatever. And I am two things immediately popped into my head. One images of tribal people groups who mm -hmm. are receiving the Bible in their own language for the very first time and just how incredibly overwhelmed they are when when they receive it and they're now able to read the Bible in their own language after all the translation work has been done and you know they've had snippets here and there while people have been translating it they've been told about it by people who have been teaching them but now the the crates are opened and they they have the book in their own written language in their hands and the joy that is on their face and then the second um was familiarity breeds contempt and the the simple you know the simple reality that it has been so predominant in in western culture for so long that we maybe our culture has lost um a bit of the specialness that that it really has in you know being god's word to us hmm. yeah josh i got you on the line here uh, respond to this statement. It continues here in the preface. Uh, Kinneman writes, it continues, another key theme of our research is the massive gap between younger and older generations when it comes to the Bible. On balance, millennials and Gen Z perceive and engage with the Bible vastly differently than do the oldest Gen Xers, boomers, and elders. My firm conviction based on our research over the past 26 years, he writes, is that the Christian community is woefully unprepared to address the questions, mindsets, and worldviews of Gen Z. Now, you're doing your doctoral, you've written your doctoral dissertation addressing Gen Z. Uh, thoughts, reflections on his comment there? Uh, well, I don't want to say too much because we have another conversation <laughs> that we're going to do specifically on Generation Z. Um, but... Um, you know, a lot of it's interesting. Uh, a lot of the the research on Gen Z would would simply point to the fact that we're we're not engaging them in a in a way that is acceptable to them. You know, there's a it's interesting how generational differences can be very similar to cultural differences. And so, when you talk about sharing the gospel cross culturally, I'm teaching 
cross-cultural communication. Um, it's a class I'm supposed to be in right now, actually. And um, so what we what we talk about a lot in that class is how the burden is upon us to communicate to the people in another culture this message that they don't yet understand and don't yet know that they need to understand because they don't recognize the importance of it. And I think the same holds true when we're when we're dealing with those of another generation, especially Generation Z, as they deal with all the technology that is coming at them, all of the information that is coming at them at lightning speed, and they've got to develop filters for all of this. And so, you know, in that context where they're taking in all of this information, the, the Bible is just another piece of information. Uh, it's just one more piece of information among all this other information that is out here and is is coming at them. And so we need to help them, you know, develop the appropriate filter for, again, recognizing the significance of the information that the Bible is presenting to them over and above everything else that they might be presented with. Cool. Sean? Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's right. I mean, you're you're essentially talking about thinking more missionally about this cuz uh, like like what what Tim said, I mean, the Bible is so important. It, the, the the Bible is and always will be um you know, a double-edged sword that 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 uh, you know, transforms lives and and uh you know, so uh, you know, I like I like the idea of thinking more missionally and saying uh, rather than, uh, you know, uh, uh, lamenting uh, the idea that that most Americans are, um, you know, biblically illiterate, really, um, asking missionally, how how do we reach this generation? How do we how do we change, uh, bring change in this area? Um, mm -hmm. But, the you know, the study, uh, the Barna study, actually, it matches up really well with um uh, several things that I've read uh, over the last um, couple of years, um, you know, including um, a really great book by Barna called Seven Faith Tribes that basically says that uh, like 66% of Americans identify as Christian. But when asked, uh, I think it was a series of nine questions, they they basically revealed that they're kind of like smorgasbord Christians where they mm -hmm. they 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 pick and choose what they like about Christianity in the Bible and and uh, and but there were there were uh, about sixteen percent that uh, take their faith very seriously and and uh, go to the scriptures for um, decisions and dealing with difficulties in life and. And all that kind of thing. So really, we're we're really looking at, um, you know, a very small percentage of the population that I think is really, really committed to the Bible. And so I I think we have to uh, do assessment and think missionally, just like if we were missionaries in a in a different country, because really it is a different country than it was. I think even from, you know, uh, the the time when I became a Christian in the mid '80s. I think we I think we have a different country, you know. Um, so we have to think like missionaries and and say, uh, okay, so uh, we've been doing all these things. Uh, apparently, it's not working all that well. So uh, wh where do we need to make changes? And I think uh, I think uh, you know those that kind of 
that kind of assessment and that kind of um, decision making is really hard. Uh, and uh, um, but you know, I mean, th if this article is accurate and some of the other things I've been reading are accurate, we 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 uh, we've got to do that. And yeah. uh, so um, those yeah. are my initial thoughts on this. Yeah, yeah. Let me read a statement. Um, Sean, I'm going to direct this to you because of your, uh, or, or I'll, I'll say at the end. Um, in their first chapter, the Bible's influence in the United States. This is in that study. Over half of U.S. adults, 54%, believe that America would be worse off without the Bible, which is actually a 5% increase since last year in 2020. One in seven Americans believe the nation would be better off without the Bible. That's what you were talking about, Tim. Essentially the same as last year's percentage. While the proportion with a more negative view remained the same, there has been a shift from last year's for those in the middle. One in three adults believe in America believe that America would be, would be the same with or without the Bible. But 5% of those who were ambivalent last year have moved to a more Bible-affirming view in 2021. This belief in the Bible's value to the United States aligns with a sense that the Bible upholds American values, faith, hope, love, and the percentages are high, 72, 71, 69, among other qualities. These values are widely agreed upon as values the Bible is essential for sustaining. Now, Sean, uh, you're, you're also pastoring on the side, you know, that's another responsibility hat you wear that uh, you, you you see regularly in the pastorate, uh, or what do you see? Um, where are people at? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, this tells me that we should pray for more pandemics. Um, <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> it, it is true that uh, change really only comes when there's crisis. I'm not really praying for another pandemic, but, but, you know, the reality is that uh, these numbers simply reflect that our country has gone through something difficult mm. and people that causes people to think uh, deeper thoughts, you know, um, like Solomon says, it's better to go to a funeral than to a party because death is the destiny of every man. And, and, uh, you know, funerals cause us to think deeper thoughts and, and so pandemics apparently do that as well and uh, and lead people to uh, to, uh, you know, the uh, the Bible that that is that is proven over time and and uh, and is 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 trustworthy. And, and so, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, we saw this, I think, with uh, 9-11, uh, but it soon passed. Uh, you know, there was a, there were all kinds of stats like this that said that Americans were praying more and and going to church more and that kind of thing uh, right after 9/11, but it passed. So, um, um, <clears throat> what was your question again? I, I just I just said yeah. whatever came to my mind, but <laughs> did I answer the question? <laughs> well, there's been a, a five percent increase in Americans believing that uh, America would be worse off without the Bible. And yeah, I think you, you spoke to that. Uh, Tim, you know, you've been in other cultures that had different attitudes toward the Bible. Did you see, when did you see the it, attitude go up, down? Uh, is America a reflection of that as, as just as people? Well, um, so 
Yeah, I, I guess if you're asking a cross-cultural question and if you're asking about Russia in particular, uh, you know, most of Russian people actually do consider themselves or at least give lip service to being uh, Eastern Orthodox. So it is a culture that does, in theory, hold the church in high esteem. Uh, but the church is the 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 foundation of uh, of truth in that culture, not scripture. Uh, the church and tradition trump uh, scripture. So it is a different attitude. But going to your question, I, I would say that there was one really interesting thing that you said that most Americans find certain values in the Bible affirming of American mm -hmm. views. And I would really suggest that we reverse the thinking on that. Um, what you discover is that America, even, even to people who are not believers, who, who hold to things like the value of the sanctity of life. Um, I've had people from other cultures tell me, I can't believe one, one, one person from um, an Asian country uh, told me that in my country, when somebody gets murdered, it's not a big deal. We have so many people, it doesn't matter. Like it's, it's non-news. Here, somebody gets murdered, it's a big deal. People actually care. They're going out looking to see you know, trying to find who did it. And where does that where does that dignity of human life, that sacred value of human life come from? I don't think we understand in the milieu, and, and especially the secular person in this nation, does not understand in the milieu of their of, of, of our culture, there is still a huge impact um, of the Judeo-Christian ethic at the core of a, a lot of things that um, uh, uh, at the core of our values, okay? And they have, they, um, so it, it's interesting to me, um, I, I would say that what, what unbeknownst to people, if their esteem of the Bible is uh, increasing, it's not because, well, the Bible just happens to reinforce these values that are important to me. It's because they're reconnecting with the very source of those values in the first place and getting better perspective on it. But um, yeah, that would be my my thought on that. Cool, Sean, your head was shaking up and down there in the middle. Yeah, I, I, I just agree. I think, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> Uh, there's there's the whole debate about whether America is a Christian nation, whatever that is. Um, uh, I I think um, you know you you know I, I don't think nations are Christian, uh, but I do think that um, it is it is uh, incredibly valuable to go back and look at American history and just see the the um, the uh, the impact and the uh, and the um, just the, how how foundational the the, the Bible and the Christ, uh, Judeo Christian ethic was in the founding of this country it's really unprecedented as far as I I'm aware and and that's good that, you know that's that's good for us to talk about I feel like sometimes that conversation is shut down because we we don't want anybody to think that we're a Christian nation but but we are a, definitely a Christian influenced nation. Yes like no other. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think it would, I think it's, we, we can enter that conversation and, and, and help people to understand, you know, that this is why um, America has so many wonderful qualities is because it was so influenced mm -hmm. by the Bible and Judeo-Christian ethics. So um, I, I just, I, I agree with Tim that, that hopefully, People are are coming back and 
and reconnecting to that and and understanding that um, that their values are actually from a biblical world, the biblical worldview, Mike, um, and and uh, you know hopefully that will that will uh, uh, spark more interest in becoming better rooted in uh, the Christian faith. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the results of the study indicated in this last year, and we mentioned the pandemic and, and all that, that people are turning to the Bible. So let me read a quote here. The Bible as unique, true, and meaningful work was the topic or, or the, the heading. A slight majority of Americans agrees that Scripture's message is particularly helpful. 54% say the Bible constantly contains everything a person needs to live a meaningful life. Listen to the next statement. This view has fallen has fallen significantly since last year when over two-thirds of adults, 68%, affirm the Bible as an important source of wisdom. Wow. What's going on, guys? Josh? Mm. Uh, well, honestly, Mike, I'm not sure. <laughs> that's a very interesting. <laughs> that's a very interesting statistic, and I'm not sure. Um, I'm I'm not sure how to how to respond to that. Um, you know, as we were talking earlier, it's interesting to note how so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna play maybe maybe a little bit opposite of what Tim was saying a minute ago in that um, while the if you you compare okay we have you know this high percentage of um, Americans who say the Bible is significant or valuable for our time period but then you look at how many of them actually read it how many of them are actually spending time in it and and there's a significant disconnect there and and so i do wonder if to a certain degree there are there is a population of americans who say it's important because it upholds the values they have even though they've never necessarily cracked it open to find out what those values actually are um and and i think that's a that's that's a common Thing, especially within the Bible Belt, where we we have a particular voting stance and a particular uh, a particular political position, and we we think the Bible affirms those things, um, even though it maybe it doesn't. If we would actually crack it open and read it, so mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's 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 where I'm kind of falling right now. Cool. Hey, here's an interesting. Uh, a, a couple points. Let me just put them all together. Profiling Bible users. Now they had, for the study, they had three different categories. Bible users, uh, disinterested. Uh, I can't find the third one there. But they're, they're talking about Bible users. <clears throat> Quick profile. Bible users are not just Christians. So other than Christians are turning to it, and I'm not going to read the statistic there. Bible users, secondly, tend to be older. Bible users are ethnically diverse. Okay, I'd almost assume that one. But here's a final one. Bible users are more likely to live in the American South than in other regions of the country. And I'd refer everybody to that uh, study there, number three on prayer, where you look through the list of the cities that they studied and they're almost all down South. I tried to find the ones up North or sometimes the Grand Rapids, Michigan was listed on a couple of their lists, but it was basically the South. So, Boy, guys, uh, what's going on with the demographic here? Josh, you do you, demographic thinking. Start us out. 
Uh, well, obviously, I mean, we would consider the South. It, I think I saw where Kansas City, where, where we are located, was number 50th on that list. Um, <clears throat> and so, but obviously, the South, Southern states tend to be, you know, have more conservative values, tend to uh, more conservative political values. And so it, it doesn't surprise me at all uh, compared with your, you know, your northern states or, you know, even East Coast or we consider the West Coast out in California, you know, Portland, Washington, those areas uh, that uh, that you would find you know, a higher propensity of Bible readers and, and prayers in the southern states because that's just, that's how they live. That's what they're used to. Uh, that forms a that forms a core of their, their cultural being. Whereas change, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to the United States, sin, seems to, to work inward from the coast. And, and we see that, you know, we see that happening in California and then up in the north, uh, where where new ideas come, whereas change, I think we'd all agree, change happens very slowly in the South. Mm, yeah. Sean, Tim, thoughts on that one? Uh, there, there are so many complexities to this, and, I, I, you know, I, I'm always very careful about generalizing, especially in areas that <laughs> this is really complex, and I don't want to get into, a, you know, issues of false causation, right? Uh, but you know, I think we also have to recognize that, um, yeah, Southern culture seems to be more static than um, than coastal culture, at least in in the in, in the northern parts of the U.S. Um, I, I also wonder whether um, poverty has to do more with that. I wonder whether it has to do well. Uh, my experience, anyways, is it's among richer populations you find less interest in faith. Mm -hmm. um, or populations uh, reach out for the, the sustaining hope of, of, of faith uh, a, a bit more strongly. Um, and, and I think in some of the Southern states, at least you have uh, a lot of poor communities or pockets of poor communities. So uh, you may find that, you know, more commonly, you may also find a lot of uh, Hispanic and, um, and, and African-American populations that have uh, strong church environments down there, and so if they are, so now you're dealing with, uh, you know, a different cultural um, connection or a stronger cultural connection to to church and to uh, to to the Bible. So, yeah, there are a lot of I, it's it's there. There's a lot of complexity to that to that hmm. um, to that question. And so I I, I I'm <laughs> voicing that. And I'm not really answering your question, I suppose. <laughs> uh, that's all right. I, yeah. In fact, this, this is an excellent study. There's so many other things that were involved there. They talked about COVID and uh, its effect on ministry that seemed to be outside of our discussion of the Bible. But that was in that study from the American Bible Society. We should maybe link that to our uh, talk here today, uh, just so yeah, other I people can go back and find it. Uh, well, here's one other interesting detail here in closing for us. Real quick, real, real quick. I just, you know, I think it's, I think it's important. I always try to remind my students that statistics are very fuzzy things because you can look at, you can look at any statistic and and approach it from a a multitude of directions, right? You know, maybe it means this, maybe it means this. So I'll I'll give an example. Um, in, in Introduction to Missions, I walk my students through some statistics on the state of 
um, Christianity in around the world globally. Okay, and so one of those statistics, um, if I'm recalling correctly, is the the percentage of evangelical Christians in Nepal outnumber the percentage of evangelical Christians in Spain. Does that mean there's a lot of evangelical Christians in Nepal? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it by no means. All right. By no means. It just means, you know, it changes our perspective on Spain, not on Nepal. So we have to be careful interpreting statistics. But. Yeah, you bet. And so wade through and see their methodology. Here's one final comment. Scripture engagement. Those who are Bible disengaged, that's a category of those three that they measured out, indicate a much higher preference for print Bibles. You know, here we're thinking of Gen Z earlier and uh, they do everything online more so. Uh, the uh, final comment, by comparison, those who are scripture engaged or in the middle, movable middle is the second category, look similar in their scripture format preference. 59% of each opting for print. Now, I say that as a pastor and I struggle, you know, on a Sunday morning, why don't people bring their Bibles? Well, they do. They have them on their phone. Uh, are they looking at them, reading them? That's the, that's the next thing. Are they engaging with it? That's the priority for us, to get them whatever medium to get them to engage with. But that was an interesting observation. People that don't read it, they're disengaged, would prefer to read it in print. So maybe there's a methodology issue that we'd have to evaluate through there, going there. Any final comments here on the issue of the state of the Bible? I I uh, just want to concur with Josh that, you know, um, I think, you know, polls like this can be helpful in just in just evaluating how we're doing and that kind of thing. But I think ultimately, you know, we need to, um, you know, really, really look at uh, our spheres of influence. Like I, I'm, I'm thinking of perhaps who might be listening to this conversation. I think, you know. Uh, sometimes when I when I read this kind of stuff, I get overwhelmed and, you know, and even sometimes feel like, wow, we're, we're as a as a as an American church, if there is such a thing, you know, we're we're failing or whatever. But but I think we, we what we need to do is just really look at our own context and the ways in in which we can can uh, influence, you know, um, and, and and not trying to change the whole world, but try to change our world. So like. Uh, Eugene Peterson says um, um, a lot of, you know, he, he says, uh, start by making your own bed, you know, uh, you know, instead of instead of trying to change the world. He said most people don't have the capacity or the opportunity to change the world, uh, but we we can make our own bed. <laughs> and so um, I would just encourage anybody who's listening to just really evaluate, first of all, ourselves and, you know, are, are we uh, truly scripture engaged? Are we are we really um, letting it renew our minds uh, on a regular basis, um, because I think, frankly, um, a lot of Christians that I, I know personally and love dearly uh, are really not. They're really not letting the scriptures renew their minds. They're they're maybe faithful to get to to hear a sermon, um, maybe uh, occasionally uh, listening to Christian radio or something, but they're really not letting scripture renew their minds. And um, I think sometimes. Uh, they don't know how to do that. And so uh, I just would encourage uh, uh, encourage Christians to really pursue that this year and uh, anybody who's in leadership to really um, 
to really uh, look at the ways that uh, we can just improve uh, and, and in this regard of getting people into the scriptures for themselves. You bet, you bet. I think that's the encouragement the Barna organization and we all have here too. Well, guys, thank you, Sean, Josh, Tim, for a conversation. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us one more time for Calvary Conversations. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations, a service of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to participate in the conversation by contacting us through the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, or by calling us at 816-322-0110. Join us again next week for another Calvary Conversation.